And it got a good flick on and was finally turned in by Ritchie after it seemed that Danes had saved from McElroy. Nice moment for the youngster. Ritchie. Oh, it's a beauty. What a lovely strike. Ritchie really struck it home with some venom. Here's Ritchie and it's going in. Hello and welcome to the Manchester United post- podcast. Hey! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Manchester United podcast. This must be our 77th, 78th one and we've got an unbelievable guest today. He played in the mid-80s, he scored a hat-trick against Leeds United at Old Trafford. It is Andy Ritchie. Maisie, that was lovely, almost too lovely. You see, Helen and I, we bring the presenting element of this, you bring the ex-player great insight element if you can also do our jobs we become redundant okay so with me today is my gorgeous assistant helen and my other co-host Simon. <laughs> oh i thought you're gonna call me gorgeous not a chance <laughs> fingers crossed barbers will open soon 24th i've got a haircut booked in oh, so wow. i've still got a month to go <laughs> you will look like rick holden i'm sure Rick Holden? You will not know who Rick Holden is. Not a clue. But Stitch will tell you a story about him. I look forward to hearing that story about Rick Holden. Yes. Uh, whoever he is. Great. Uh, so obviously we all know him quite well, don't we? Because he's mm-hmm. worked with MUTV. Um, but Maze, did you know him before that through the world of football? Only playing against him. Uh, mm-hmm. our paths have crossed probably, I would say probably five or six times. Me playing mm-hmm. at Blackburn. I don't think a player ever played against Holden when was... Um, in the Premier League when I when I joined United mm-hmm. so no all our battles would have been at Ewood Park or at Boundary Park tough to play against because him being a centre forward yeah. and you being a defender yeah excellent goal scorer not the tallest of centre forwards you play mm-hmm. against but one that would always always cause you trouble him and him and Roger Palmer would be the front two or him and Ian Marshall would be the other one so yeah those days me being a younger younger pup he would be the senior pup and he'd give me hard times, he would. Are you laughing at? You haven't spoken yet. I so don't I know, I didn't know what to say. No. <laughs> Helen's contribution was that was... <laughs> because obviously she's got a mind totally somewhere, no, I didn't know somewhere how to else, whether it's, whether it's about the kids' teas or I anything. didn't know how to follow what you said. I was just like, okay, I don't have anything oh. else to say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, great lad. Great yeah. lad. Plenty, plenty of time for him. We've had some right laughs over there. Over the, I don't know, last 15 years, 16 you years, know what? knowing him. I remember him. about Stitch one He's day. Brilliant. Stitch and I went on a... <laughs> you could not have talked to the microphone. You don't have a... No. <laughs> you went, I've got a good story. Helen's got a great story. She just turns around and faces a pitch and just completely <laughs> blanks the mic. So that was a great story. Say, really good story. That, How was, good. that was one of the best stories, Maisie, I've ever heard. That was unbelievable. The People guests. are going to love that. I was they? trying to set the tone one day and I forgot to bring this up. Stitch and I went from... I'm not sure whether we started in the Stratford End, but we... Absailed. Absailed. Yes, the Stratford End down to the scoreboard end. Or was it Zipwired? Zipwired it was, yeah. Oh, I did the fun? same thing. That was for the uh, United Foundation. It was. How cool was that? Mm-hmm. That was so good. What a good guy he is, though. Obviously is. a great player. Ah, mm-hmm. But one of the nice Great career as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great career. Well, should we get him on? He's Andy Ritchie. Andrew Timothy Ritchie. How oh, Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> That's never happened before. When was the last time someone Just called you that? Um, I don't know. I don't even think my mum did that. Um, 
The reality long, is long, long nobody... Time, it probably when I was christened, probably. <laughs> nobody even calls you Andy anymore. No, I know. It's no. just been stitched. Well, they don't. No, they call no. me stitched, don't they? So. But that, and that's not to do with football, though, is it? That was at school, right? Well, when I f- mm. it first started out, I was called Scratch because I was called Itchy Richie at school and then it went to scratch for some reason itchy richie and then it's not a complimentary the, nickname uh, <laughs> it was through football that i got called stitch oh was it i had i had i had some stitches in my eye i'd, I'd uh, cut my eye and on, tommy wright at leeds told me <laughs> came out and just called me stitch and then it it stuck yeah maybe will tell and, him I, have a totally, his I know what he's totally gonna say i know what he's gonna say <laughs> go on for him tell the story short <laughs> arms long pockets very long deep pockets so can you remember on thursday focus mm-hmm. we had al foran doing the zlatan Yes, Remember? I wasn't there for that one, but thank you for reminding me. Oh, yeah, sorry you weren't there. This is West a good, child. This was a good show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leighton from Stud. Stitch used to buy suits from there, and when you buy a good suit, a decent suit, a lot of the time the pockets are stitched mm-hmm. up. And now this is off Dennis Irwin when Stitch used to play with Dennis at uh, Oldham. And the reason why he's called Stitch is because he never undone the stitches on his suits. So he wouldn't have to put his hands in his pockets because he's that tight, he only breathes in. I don't That's believe that exactly for a second. That's exactly where You comes. see, now you've got it wrong because I never used to buy a suit because I always used to win him for Man of the Match, so there. Oh, well, that's where it's from then. From stud menswear in Middleton. I mean, you can buy suits from other... Tommy Taylor's, but... So uh, when, I, when Tommy Wright said this and called me this at Leeds mm-hmm. he'd already moved from Leeds to uh, to sorry to Oldham and when I moved from Leeds to Oldham as I walked in he just called me Stitch and then that was it from so then So at Man United you weren't called Stitch? No. Oh wow. No. Hmm, just itchy richie. Itchy rich. No, I was called I was called Lager Legs because that's what uh, Tommy Cavier used to call me. He used to he used to say that my legs, my thighs were that wide. They look like I've got two barrels of lager in my legs. So that's that was what I, I would have been called. You've had some nicknames. Yeah, in did your anybody time? ever call you Andy? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so good to have you on. It's been a long time coming. It has. We said we'd yes, wait for the best. It has. We wanted to have you here in real real life. Yeah. Yeah. In person. Yeah. Don't like Zoom Stitch. How's uh, how's the last year been? I think it's been the same for everybody. It's Can been you believe a, it's been, been a, a nightmare. No. Been a whole year. Been not doing nothing really. Not not a thing. Yeah. Um, made sure that we uh, me and the wife stayed safe and 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 that's that's it basically and and now hopefully we can start to move towards a bit more freedom but you've still got to be you know on, on your guard, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You can't catch um, coronavirus by telephone, you know. <laughs> I know you've kept your no, distance, but, you, you know. You, yours only takes you, you, incoming you, you calls. Can, you can actually um, <laughs> ring friends, teammates, room, room, room partners. I can't get in my pockets. That's the yeah, problem. Exactly, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. because you two were actually roomies. We were, yeah. When we do the um, the Legends games, um, we've roomed together quite a few times. And I've had to look after him majority of every... Every trip. When and you say look after him. To do this. Yeah, put him, in bed, <laughs> put him in bed and, you know, look after him and stop him burning, trying to burn out down hotels and <laughs> stuff like that. Is there a story behind You're the... walking a tightrope here. Did you ever get close to burn that? Well, obviously not burning down a hotel, but... No, we nearly did. What happened? Stitch. 
Uh, where were we? We were in Norway, were we? Lerdl or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Lerdl. We'd been playing a five-side competition and the competition had finished and it was quite late at night and I said, oh, I'm, I'm, off to, I'm going to bed. I'm not going for, for a drink. So my roommate, no, you're not. You're coming out for a drink. Chucked a load of uh, beer all over me and my pillow, so uh, so he couldn't sleep. So well, I, get, I got that. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. I was I'd, I'd already been, I was already three snores into me sleep, you know, when he threw that on me. So so I picked it up and he, I said, right, okay, right. So dragged me out. This of the is room. like ten o'clock in the evening. You know, it wasn't late. Oh, it was about half two in the morning. No, that's when the fire alarm went off. And we were leaving at four in the morning. Now he can just do that I can't I need a bit of kip yeah. so anyway I didn't get any but what happened was took the uh, the pillow and put it near to the uh, the, the the heater in the um in in the the room, room. and uh, at about four o'clock when we're coming back to uh, to get our gear to get ready to go and get on the coach there was two blokes outside the door weren't they knocking on our door like you know really smacking the door down so we went what what's up what you know it said there's something burning in your room well, we, we must have got in just before just the pillow brown. was going about to go up, and, and, and we were in the hotel down, weren't we? But it was uh, a luckily hotel. enough, it was like a really. It was burnt the pillow, no, wasn't we, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was proper brown. Yeah. It was just about to set another ten minutes, and it yeah, it'd have been up. It'd have been <laughs> lucky escape. It'd have been yeah. the curtains. It was, all right. it was only stitches gear in there to <laughs> to burn, so it wouldn't have been a bad mess. This could be a long podcast, Sam. Yeah, I think it could be. And then the other one in Hong Kong looked after you. Oh, you did when in you Hong Kong. I fell asleep behind the door and I couldn't get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you went to. Uh, well, I, I, and you know, I think someone spiked my drink that night. Probably Maisie. No, no, it wasn't no, him. No, no. It wasn't him. No, it's true. No, it was some dodgy geezer at the bar, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. And, but Stitch, Stitch again went home early. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't. I because couldn't he couldn't talk walk. Or walk. Yeah, yeah, he was talking. So broke. you look after him he was so talking broken well biscuits. when you're his roommate that you just. <laughs> Let him go back to no, his room I, on his own. He, not he, he might have actually done dog in the fog. He might have just done one and like got <laughs> home. And then he goes to take his jeans off or his shoes off. And he's sat on the edge of the bed. And as he's bent over to take his shoes off, he's just keeled over with one leg in his his um, in his jeans. And the other one's just hanging off. And I, I try getting in the room and I can't get in because he's actually fell asleep behind the door. It's a small room. Oh, sorry, I don't live, I live in mansions, you know. I love big posh hotel rooms, sweets. I'm just thinking if you're on the edge of the bed and you keel over and you're already at the door. Well, yeah, no, this, well, was, was this was later on. I tried to get into the, into the, the, uh, the toilet to try and get myself awake. And I, I, had, I was literally crawling along the floor and I didn't make the, uh, the bathroom. I just conked out behind the, the door, door and he had, to, he had to get the... Uh, the bloke to help us help me push and push the door open, and I was like, See? just uh, uh, well, a heap on the floor. Wasn't it? Yeah, disgrace. Oh. Anyway, shall we talk the, about football? Yeah. yeah, it's probably a good idea. We did, we did get to the final in that though, didn't yeah, we? We did, yeah. we did in yeah. that competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got man of the match. Got to yeah. see. Okay, so Andy Lagerleg scratch itchy Richie. Yeah, welcome to United Podcast. Thank you. So, You're very welcome. Very much. So <laughs> for the second time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start at the very beginning. Right. Uh, where did you grow up? Who did you grow up with? Did you have brothers? Did you have sisters? What was life like for you as a child? Right, well, no, I'm a spoiled brat. I've got no siblings. Um, I, uh, I was born in Bradford, Manchester, uh, not far from Main Road, really, uh, that area. And 
then we moved to uh, Withenshaw, grew up there till I was about seven, and then we moved to uh, Cheadle. We, ca- we, we became uh, posh and moved uh, moved over to Cheadle, and and then I uh, that's where I, I, I grew up to my teens and became uh, you know interested. Well, I was always interested in football. You know, got scouted for playing not from a from a school team because it was a it was a grammar school so we played rugby so I used to have to play on a on a Saturday and a Sunday I was I was at City for quite some time uh, training there and it was very late in the day that United came in and uh, and actually asked me to come down to uh, the cliff and, and train down there which was a godsend for me because I was a um, a United fan so uh, Johnny Carey asked my my father if I could come down and the rest is sort of history, really. Pleased that I could sign on, and they asked me to sign on. Big United fan as a kid, weren't you? I was, but all my mates were City fans. Mm-hmm. And my mother wouldn't let me go to a football game on my own. So I had to go to Main Road with my mates and sit on my hands all day, you know. But, uh, but they, they, I mean, they had a really good side at the time, as you know. You know, people mm-hmm. like Rodney Marsh and uh, Summerby, Colin Bell and people like that. Really good side. So um, it was just something for me to see live football, which was was great. That's all I wanted to do and learn and, and watch the game. So unfortunately, I had to be Man City. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it was still professional football for me. You named some City players. Who were the United players that you loved? Well, I mean, I didn't really see much of George Best in the flesh mm-hmm. before you say you're old enough to have seen him. Um, I know <laughs> what he's thinking. <laughs> um but the, those people, I mean, Bestie was was who I used to love mm-hmm. watching, and sort of at the the age when I was growing up as a, like fifteen year old playing for my school and for um, Stockport Boys, the players that would have been here would have been the ones that I was going to actually then mm-hmm. train with, you know. So the people like Jimmy Greenoff and um, you know Stuart Pearson, those were the, my two biggest mentors, I would say, at uh, at the club, and they were playing. Sort of a couple of years before I actually signed on as a uh, an apprentice. Were you good at school? Did you enjoy school? I, looking back now, yeah, I did enjoy school. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that I was really, you know, the brain box. But um, I managed to get five uh, O levels. One which I, I just don't know how I got, which was English literature, and I, I used to hate Ingr- English literature, and I got an A in that. I don't know how I got that. Mm. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd set myself up that if I wasn't, if I didn't make it as a football, I wanted to be a teacher, a PE teacher, that, mm. uh, you know. But I don't think I'd managed to do that. I'm, I'm not brainy enough. How did it come about to get to United then? Um, well, like I say, it was, it was, it was. Uh, I was playing for Stockport Boys. Uh, and we had a really good side that 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 year. Any of the lads? There was one or two. Yeah, there was. Uh, I think two lads played, uh, made it, and played for um, for actually for Stockport. Uh, there was a, a centre forward that I played with. He he was signed on at Bolton, uh, but I don't think he made pro. Uh, and yeah, there was there was one or two. There was yeah. quite quite. A, I think probably about five of us that that actually made it into the, the system, mm-hmm. uh, and. I think three of us made pro. Uh, two, How old were yeah. you when, when all this is happening and you're at Stockport Boys? And uh, So I was, that was 15 year old then. Yeah. Um, and then How when I the came call, into United. How did the call come to get to United? Well, that, that was, we, we played a... Um, Do you remember the actual specific the, moment? Yeah, we, we played a, um, 
uh, a game. It was a it was a Manchester Cup final, and we were playing Manchester boys who were, always had a good team. They always were were top notch. You know, the people that, like they the were playing there were like Roger Palmer, people like that. You know, and uh, there was who? some really good, uh, yeah, <laughs> who, who, mm. Roger Palmer, um, and we played in Stockport uh, one evening. And it was a, the cup final. We we won one nil. I scored the goal, and after that game, Johnny Carey was stood with my dad on the sideline, and he just said, "Would you like to come down to to the cliff next Tuesday? Uh, we'll get somebody to pick you up, uh, bring you down, and what have you." Uh, which I did. Uh, obviously, spoke to my dad about. I said, um, "You know, I'd, I'd love to do it." He said, "Well, go go and have a look." You know. Uh, and like I said, I'd been training at City quite quite some time. I'd been in, in your school holidays mm. uh, and I'd trained on a Tuesday and Thursday night down at Main Road. And when I came to the cliff and Frank Blunstone was the uh, the coach, we, we actually got coached. It, it was so different. It was when I went down to um, to Main Road, we just... We just run up and down the, the the stands to warm up, and then we had a like a, a big game on the car park uh, behind the, the Kipax, and that was it. Uh, the car and park. The Kipax stand. Oh, the car park. Oh, sorry, the, the car, car park, park on the car park. Yeah, because there was goals on on the the walls of the car park. So we <laughs> so we used to play, and there'd be about twenty of us. And um, when I actually did come to the cliff, we we got we got coached, and Frank. I've always said was the biggest influence on my career. He was he was a, such a great coach, and that even that doubled the feeling that I, you know if I got a chance, I wanted to sign for for United mm-hmm. because I knew I was learning something, you know. And, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, dream come true. I know it's a mm-hmm. cliche, but when they ask you to you know if you want to sign schoolboy forms, it was like yeah, yeah, please let me get down here and let me do it straight away. You know, what position were you back then? Well, well it was centre forward. You know, the, 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 that's what it was called then, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, um, and that never two changed. up front, mm. you know, not the, the striker sort of role. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was just great to be be down there and, you know, be, become a, an apprentice and be around everybody. It was the, it was the players then in your, in my, in your in my apprentices, group. yeah? Um, Any of them come through? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Davis was just below me. Yeah. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, there was quite a few that, that made it into the uh, the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Patterson, do you remember Steve Patterson at all? He was he was just a year above me. He was a, he became manager at um, Aberdeen and right. he played quite a, a, a few few games. Yeah, the. the there was, was one was, or, one was, or two, you know, quite a few that made it, but yeah. but then moved on, mm-hmm. if you like. Who was the um, manager at the time? Was well, when I when I first signed, it was Tommy Doherty. Tommy Doc. And uh, sorry, that was, that was going to be okay. What about Diggs? Did you stay in Diggs? No, no. So you travelled no. every day. Yeah, I used to bus into uh, Manchester and then bus out to, to the, cliff. the cliff. And funnily enough, talking about Roger Palmer, I used to see Roger Palmer virtually every morning. We we used to cross our paths at in Piccadilly Gardens and he'd be going out to Main Road and I'd be going out to to the cliff. So I used to, you know, I saw him quite a lot yeah. and then ironically enough, later on, played with him at, at, uh, yeah. at Oldham, yeah. As an apprentice, who was the lads you looked after? Pros, what were they like? Um, my, well, as you know, United 
really didn't see apprentices as um, as people that were like cheap labour. Uh, a lot of football clubs used to get them, you know, painting the uh, the, the, the gates and the, and the barriers and, and they do all the, you know, the menial jobs like uh, the, the showers and stuff like that. We just used to have one professional in the first team and one that was classed as a, a reserve team player. And all you did was clean the boots. And, and basically that was it, apart from when you, we used to rotate on a Friday to come and train with the first team here because they always used to train on a Friday at, at Old Trafford. Right. And they used to rotate two of you to integrate you into you know the first team. So on that day, we used to collect up all the, uh, the, the laundry and take up to the laundry here. But at the cliff, I, I looked after... Steve Patterson actually was the one I used to do his boots in the reserves, but it was... Um, Martin Buckham was my professional, and I had to uh, I had to do his boots. What was he like? Because he was obviously he'd have been he, honestly. He'd have been captain, I mean, they, they were fantastic. The the lads were yeah. brilliant. You know, they when I when I actually got into the first team and integrated, they were they were superb. They helped me tremendously, and he did as mm. well. But he was very strict in his ways, and and if he didn't like something, Martin would tell you straight away you know he wouldn't beat around the bush mm. and and not just younger players he'd tell the, the players pro, in the, the yeah, senior yeah. pros in in the dressing room but when i i used to, i got the short straw with him really because his boots he did not like to have his boots painted now when we were on the tv if the, which wasn't as as much in the uh in, in those days you smell the garlic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was yeah. just literally yeah. just thinking. Is the door, is the door open? Or something? <laughs> For anybody listening, they put garlic on the pitch. It, and yeah. it does smell like garlic bread. If it was garlic it does, bread, yeah. it's nice. It's so strong. Yeah, yeah it's like, really coming. All right, wasn't it? A bit of yeah. garlic bread. So there's a there's a guy pulling along a little machine, and it's just dropping blobs of garlic onto the pitch. Isn't it? He must smell lovely when what? he gets home. <laughs> so. What is the reason for the garlic? The garlic kills insects and worms. Does it? Yes, oh, wow. it yeah. helps natural growth. And do you know what? I actually found that out today. Did you Google it? No, I asked the grandma. Did you make it? Fountain of knowledge, you fountain of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh my goodness, it is so strong. It smells a bit overpowering. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Good for the grass, though. Yeah. It's an important yeah. thing. Well, it's good for yep. the next six games at home, and then they'll rip it all up <laughs> and start again. <laughs> Sorry, you were talking about... Martin Boots. Yeah, digressing there, weren't we? And um, So... If we were on the TV, the lads used to like the boots to be very visible, obviously, because mm-hmm. they were they were, you know, getting a butty for yeah. wearing Adidas or whatever. So we used to put the stripes on with, with white paint. <laughs> now, Martin didn't like that because it used to go all crackly and, and what have you. So the other apprentices used to you know, paint the boots, dun, dun, and, and they'd be off on a Friday. I'd be in there. And I had to jiff his 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 boots, so I had to really try and get them. If you're really you know, young, jiff yeah, is now sorry, sif. Sif. No, yes. I was just going to say that. Do you know what, you know what jiff yes, is? Yes, because yeah, my mum used to love jiff. Yeah. but now it's sif. What about yeah. Ajax? Sif. Did you know that, that the football team? Ajax, yeah, Ajax, yeah. yeah. I probably Scourer. used that as well. Yeah, but it, I used to have to do thing. that. So the, the lads would be going right. See you later, Andy. You know, and lead, I'd be in the boot room for another hour, and I'd take them in, and he'd go. Nah, not good enough. And I'd have to take them back out again. And and I think basically he was just trying to learn that I'm 
I'm not there yet, if you, if you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And they used to do that quite a lot with us. We'd go and, you know, knock on the door for the boots uh, after training at the cliff. And they'd open and they'd go, you know, a few expletives had come out. The, cl- the door had closed again. And, and you go back to the, you know, Billy Watson and say, oh, I can't, they won't let us in. They won't let us in to get the boots. Go and get the boots. We've got to get them done, you know, and all. And they, they used to really put you in your place without being sort of over the top with it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a learning curve, you know, and it, and it made you feel as though, right, I didn't particularly want to do that to a, another person, but I wanted to be in there. I, I, you know, I want to be in there, that, you know, with all them that, mm. you know, you can uh, you can pick and choose what you do a bit more. So uh, it was, it, it was, it was good grounding. Mm-hmm. When you first signed, were you given the impression that there would be opportunity to play very quickly, or that you know we'll just see how it goes and you might make it, you might not? No, no, no guarantees whatsoever. Um, apart from. They said that they would sign me on a one-year apprentice mm-hmm. and then sign me pro at 17. Normally, you, you had to be 18 mm-hmm. to, to sign on as a, as a professional, but they could, um, they could ask the FA for special approval and sign as a pro a year before that. And that was the only uh, thing that led me to think maybe I'd got half a chance if I, if I really, you know, stick at it. And, Did they and only do that for you? No, I, I think they probably did it with one or two others that, mm-hmm. that they'd signed, but they didn't do it with the, the majority. Mm-hmm. The majority would have been signed as pros at 18. Mm-hmm. And some of them wouldn't have been guaranteed that anyway. They, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been guaranteed a pro, but um, that was the only concession, Sam, that I was I was guaranteed that they would sign me pro. Yeah. When, uh, when you were training, was it like it is now, was there a point where you were moved into first team training? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, if I remember rightly, it was it was a sort of a gradual progression. Obviously, totally different nowadays with the academy system. Mm-hmm. Back then, there was the, the B team, which was like 15s, 16s uh, were playing in that. Then the A team, which was a little bit older and you were playing against teams like marine mm. and, and you know people like mm. playing against men then and and you were getting knocked all over the place and elbowed and they always wanted to beat manchester united of course and then it was into the uh, the reserve team and then the first team so there was r- virtually only four sort of levels before did you feel like there's like a natural progression stitch yeah or did you, was it, it, it a little bit intimidating getting into the reses and playing with senior pros and stuff like that or was it just I'm no, to, to be quite honest, a lot of the, the lads that were playing in the reserves were training, I was training with them as yeah. well, you know, after maybe a, a year and a half of getting in there, <clears throat> excuse me. So I knew a, a lot of them and, and they knew that people were, were always coming up mm. through, the, through the ranks. And then I, I played a couple of games over, over the Christmas period but I still wasn't in the in the main changing room with the you know with the with the first team. I was still in the. Can you, you know, remember your the, debut? Who was yeah. against? Yeah, uh, it was against uh, Everton away, at, was and like? it was on Boxing Day, nineteen seventy-seven. What oh. a debut that is on Boxing Day! Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, six. and we won six-two away at, at Everton. We were, we weren't mm-hmm. particularly oh, playing well. You were six. Yours was City. No, I was six. Oh, you were six. It's Andy's. Podcast, David. No, no, I know. You two would have been. God knows where you two would have been. Well, no, they wouldn't have been no. around, would they? No, really. Um, but yeah. But how did that come about? The, your debut against Everton was it? Was it an injury? Was it a 
progression yeah, into it was the an first injury. team? Or? Yeah. yeah, it was an injury. Um, to, I think it was uh, an injury to Stuart Pearson. Because there'd only been one sub at the time, had it? Yeah, yeah, only one. Well, there was only one sub for a long yeah. part of my career. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely at that time, there was there was just one substitute. But do you remember the build up to it? Yeah, I mean, you're, it was excited, and you I know, mean, I mean, the, the manager bringing you into the squad and going over to to Goodison. Yeah, I mean, did you know before I knew it was going to be sub or anything? Or? I knew that I was going to be playing. Yeah, he, he um, Dave Sexton, who was the manager then, because he'd taken over. He um, he pulled me in after training on the Friday, yeah. um, up to his office, and I basically thought, "What what have I done, what wrong? done wrong?" Yeah, that you know, as as a seventeen year old, you mm. think, "My, you know, what have I done?" Um, and he just said, "You're gonna be you're gonna be playing uh, tomorrow," and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because you've got like twenty four hours <laughs> to think about it or worry about it. I just, I just remember, you know, when you step on the pitch, I, I had nerves. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, probably went you, to the toilet about four then? times before you the game. You wouldn't have stayed over in Everton, would you? No, no, no. We we went over on the, day, the yeah. uh, on the day on the on the coach. But Dave used to have us stay over overnight at hotel over here sometimes as well right. before games, games here. Yeah. Um, that he was, must have been one of the first to do that, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. We used to go to Mottram Hall a lot and, mm. and stay over there, and and then you know, driving on the coach. Mm -hmm. And that probably was very not the norm, mm. you know, at, at that, that time. How did your debut go? Um, got knocked out. Um, Literally? Yeah, I was knocked out for a for a short time. Yeah, I got, got, uh, was diving for a header, got hit by the uh, the centre half. Split second, they said, I, you know, I was, I was just sort of, you know, knocked out. No, no, Concussion rules or you know, get up, and on. get the sponge on, carry on, and yeah, we I didn't manage to score, which was I was disappointed with because we'd scored six, and uh, I didn't manage to get on the score sheet, so that was a bit disappointing. But I played yeah. another three games over the Christmas period until the injury, you know, was was Actually, was back. patched up, and and then I didn't play till the year after. When sorry, I just want to go back a little bit when you were coming through the ranks. Who were your coaches at that time? Well, Frank Blunstone. Yeah. he was he was just the, the top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Curran was was coaching with him. He was his assistant. The first team coach um, was it's gone out of my head. Um, he was a little scouser. He he was he was the one who called me larger legs. Right, but he was uh, so ab abrasive. You know, you used to get pelted for not doing stuff. Mm. You know, doing things wrong, and you know, and he'd and he'd be on at you and and what have you. That's what type of sort of learning process. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't really get an arm around you mm. when I went up to the first team. But Frank was totally different. He he was that type of coach. You know, he did say to you, "Look, that you should be doing this. You should be doing that," rather than just being shouted at. Mm. Um, his name will come to me in a minute because uh, I really liked him. <laughs> so Tommy Dock was manager when you when I first were an apprentice. Signed, yeah, Dave Sexton took over. Did you have conversations with him? Did he bring you into his office early yeah, on? Yeah, quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I had one conversation. Well, it wasn't even it wasn't much of a conversation. He brought me into the office one morning and he just um, he had, he used to like a cigar, Dave. So he used to he, he sat. Uh, there with his cigar on this morning <laughs> and 
told me to sit down. So I said, uh, right. And he, and he just didn't speak to me for what I thought was like five or 10 minutes. Probably it was two or three, mm. but he just sat there. Smoking? Smoking his cigar. Looking at you. And looking at me. Is this at the cliff? And this is at the cliff in the in the office. Sounds like something out of a gangster movie. Well, it was it was strange because I, I I'm sitting there uh, thinking, what's what does he want here? Does he want me to react? Yes, does he want speak, me to say yeah. something? Was he trying the mind games with me? Mm-hmm. So, I actually was the first to talk. I said, "What do you want, Gaffer? Do you you know?" And he just he took another puff of his cigar and he just said, "How do you think you're playing?" So I said. Um, I said, I think I'm playing all right. I said, I'm not maybe scoring as many goals as I'd like at the moment. I said, but I think I'm contributing to, you know, the team when I'm playing and what have you. Finished that sentence, another puff on the cigar. And then he said, not sure that you've got yourself right there. I said, I'm not sure that you're playing as well as you think you are. So I said, oh, right. Um... I said, well, I have to maybe try, you know, I'll try harder, you know, buckle down a bit, maybe, you know, need to do a bit more in training or in the games. Yeah. Another big smoke ring. (laughs) And then silence yet again for what seemed like an an absolute age. And And I just said, was there anything else that, you know, you want to add? And he, and he just said, no, no, fine. Off you go. And so I got up, went, come out of the, the, the office and I was just, I just did not know what he'd got me in there for. And I could only think that he was, he was trying to, you know, mind games yeah, on mm-hmm. me to try and get me a reaction out of me or whatever. He must have stunk a smoke. Well, it was. It, it was the big cloud, you know, up, up on, sort of settled up there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, it, it was just... And to this day, you don't have a clue what it was all about? not at all, because he never never enlightened me on it. Tommy Kavanagh, I've just brought him, just got back to my, how can I forget Tommy Kavanagh? I was going to say, he did say his name at the start, but I didn't. Having said that about Tommy Kavanagh, um, about, uh, you know, he he was abrasive and he used to shout at you. When Gary Bailey came to the the football club, I I roomed with Gary Bailey. It was a godsend because Gary used to get the brunt of it off him then. And he, he left me alone for, for, you know, quite some time. But having said that about Cav and the way he was, he hit me with something that I will never, ever forget. And, and I never will forget what he said to me. And it, it was like a light bulb moment for me as well. We'd been training one morning and we always used to finish with a five-a-side uh, or a, a little game or some finishing or whatever. And Cav used to always join in. And he had a dodgy hip. And the players used to just knock the ball just away from him so he couldn't get to it. And he'd go absolutely ballistic, you know, because he, he'd, he'd go, feet, feet, knock it to feet, yeah, and swearing <laughs> at everybody. He used, to be, he, he used to spit all over himself and everything. So I'm walking in after we'd finished training. And I'm walking a- across to go up into the, the cl- and, and I heard him, ah, the legs. Oh, oh no, what have I done now? So I turns around and I could see him waddling over to me. <laughs> so he comes up to me and he puts his arms on my shoulders and he says, I know that you think I'm all right. 
so and so and beat, beat, beat. And I'm lying through my back teeth. I'm going, no, I don't, Gav. I said, I don't. You know, he said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. But I'm telling you now, he says, the day I stop shouting at you, that's the time to worry because I've given up on you. Now, into the change room. And it, it was, it, I went, he still thinks I've got a chance because wow. he's shouting at me. Yeah. And like you say, if rest in peace or whatever, if, if you don't think you've got a chance, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be bothering with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a light bulb moment for me. And I, I just thought, I don't mind him shouting at me no. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he can shout as much as he likes, you know. How old were you then? Probably about 17, and 16, it, 17, yeah. So, and now you're thinking, I guess, mostly about the first team and wanting to establish yourself and who's, like, who's positioning the first team you're hoping to take, I guess? Uh, well, like I say, there was Jimmy Greenoff, mm-hmm. uh, Stuart Pearson, who, the, the two of those, just training with them and watching them every day. Mm-hmm. Were, I mean, I, I thought Jimmy was was magnificent player. I liken Jimmy to say a, a, a Cantona type of player when he was he was playing. He could drop off. He could pass the ball. He could score goals. His, his first touch was just phenomenal, and Panch was all like uh, aggression and and you know scoring goals and running in behind and stuff. So I had I had two mentors there that if you put them together they would have been one hell of a player, you know, and the the two of them were great anyway. So those two, I was trying to get past them. Stevie Patterson was in the reserves and pushing for the first team. He was a centre forward, but also played as centre half. And so uh, probably those two really, that those were the ones that I was trying to usurp, if you like. And then you made your debut Mm -hmm. and then you said it was, wasn't that, so that was boxing day. And then it wasn't for the following season you got to play again. Well, I played four games over that Christmas period. Yeah. And then well, I got my, scored my first goal the year after against uh, Derby County away. Well, I actually got two. Mm-hmm. I've been accredited with two. But um, Sammy McElroy tried to pinch one off me. <laughs> the uh, the first one was, was uh, I, I cut in from the left, had a shot and the keeper got a hand to it. It was rolling towards the goal line. And Sammy came in and, and made sure that it, it, the line. it was in. So after the, the goal, he come up to me and he said, it was over the line, it was your, your goal. So I'm, I'm like elated yeah. about that, thinking, great. So I, I scored another one in the second half late on. We, we won 3-0, I think it was. And I was in the changing room afterwards and I'm thinking, crap, I've, got scored, I've just scored two goals for Man United. And, you know, I'm, your head's spinning and everybody's, you know, saying, and Martin Buchan comes up to me and said, listen, the press will want to speak to you. You know, they'll want to have a word with you out there. And at Derby County, there used to be a, like a, a corridor that ran right underneath the, the, the main stand. And he said, if you turn out right, the press will be out there on the right-hand side. All right. So he said, just go walk out and they'll, they'll, they'll find you. So I walked out and they're all in a huddle. And as I walked up to the huddle, Sammy McElroy's in the middle of him telling him how he scored the first goal. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, you're, you're a striker. He said, you'll score loads of goals. Yeah. He says, I'm taking that one. I'm playing midfield. <laughs> so um, I'm, I, I thought, you know, cheeky so Were there goal bonuses? It, it actually did get accredited to me. Good. And okay. I, I've, I've seen it on, on Pathé News mm-hmm. and um, it's it, <laughs> in black and white. And, it, and it, I think... I think actually it should have been his his goal to be to be fair, but uh, um, I think it was accredited to me. So, and you were eighteen or nineteen when you scored your first hat trick. 
yeah, 18 and so many days, I, I can't remember how many. And that was here against Leeds, Leeds United, which Must funnily enough, feeling. that gets mentioned quite a lot. Not the one against Tottenham. Yeah. I got one against yeah. Tottenham as well, but that one just goes by the by. It's the Leeds one that everybody seems to talk about. I wonder why. Well, we're, uh, we're sat here looking over the pitch at Old Trafford. Talk us through it. Which end were you? Where did you score the goals? What happened? You know what? I, I can't remember the, my third one against Leeds. For the life of me, I can't remember it. I believe that it was... You know the perfect hat trick, mm-hmm. left, right, and a, and yeah. a header. Yeah. Two were down that that end. Definitely knew that. Score but I end. just can't think of the third one. Well, it must have been at Stratford, was it? It might have been. I, I, I honestly can't remember the the Tottenham ones. One one down there, and and two in front of the Stratford end. What did it feel like as a teenager oh. to be scoring hat tricks for Manchester United? Well, I mean, just to play, mm-hmm. you know, even just to be a sub would have been, you know, enough mm-hmm. as a, a, you know, playing for your, your boyhood heroes. But to actually play and, and manage to get a hat trick and score two mm-hmm. was just, yeah, it was dreams, isn't it? It's, that's what they're made of. And you, you, you can't, no one can take that away from you, mm-hmm. you know, and you no, know that. Absolutely. It's exactly. You know. Absolutely. Was Did that... You, I was just going to say, are they both in the same season, those hat-tricks in the league? Yeah, no, no, I think they, yeah, mm. yeah they might have been, Helen, yeah. I think they, I think they probably were. Mm. You, you also scored a hat-trick around the same time, right, for the England B team or the England under-21s or yeah, whatever England it was? Under, well, well, there again, I, you know, Dave Sexton sold me. He, mm-hmm. he wanted, uh, for what, whatever reason, I... I spoke to Aston Villa, I spoke to Newcastle, I spoke to Chelsea, and then... When Brighton came in, I think I took the hint that he didn't want me. <laughs> and um, you spoke to all them clubs. I, I spoke to three clubs. Yeah. When you say yeah. you got the hint, did he tell you that or no? I, just... No, because it, every okay. time he he said you, you've got a chance to speak to these teams, I asked him whether he he still saw me as part of his plans, yeah. and every time he said yes. Which again was a bit strange, contradictory, yeah. if yeah. you like. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I how, actually. How long did you have left on your contract then, Stitch? Can you remember? I think I was only about a year. I think because I left when I was when I was twenty, hmm. and I think I only had about a year to go. The first one again was Aston Villa. Aston Villa were not a bad side then. They were, you know, they were playing in Europe. They had some yeah. really good players at the time, and he said to me, "It was too big an offer." for me not to tell you about it. And if you wanted to go to and speak to them, For what? The transfer fee for the club? I think a bit of both. Right. And and he knew that they were, you know, a, a good side at the time. How did you feel then, Mike? Did you just think... Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It was... it was Because you're still playing first-team football, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, well, yeah. and and But as you said, there was only one substitute. Yeah. So if I wasn't in the team, which mm. I wasn't as regular as I would have Wanted liked, yeah. then you had to be that one mm-hmm. to be on the bench, not like three or four. Yeah. So a lot of the time I was playing in the central league and, you know, for the, the reserves. And then I'd, I'd, I did have quite a few substitute appearances. So yeah. I was, I was not too bad in that respect, but I went, I went down there and just, now, nah, Ron Saunders was the manager, and honestly, paint dried quicker than oh, unbelievable! <laughs> I could, I'd, I'd never heard my father um, swear. Did you go down with your dad? My dad took me down, and we drove down, and we both went in to speak to Ron Saunders, and we went and looked at the uh, the, the training facilities so, yeah. and, and what have you. Uh, and there was a good mate of mine that played for for Aston Villa, Brendan Ormsby. Mm-hmm. So I would have been 
it would have made it easier to, mm-hmm. to sort of get into the dressing room. Anyway, we came back, got back in the car, and my dad said to me, he said, uh, what do you think? I said, nah. I said, I can't sign there. I said, don't like him. He went, you're damn right, you're not, you're <laughs> not signing. And I went, I, I'd never heard my dad swear before that at all. And Do you know the conversation you had with him then? Was that like the plans he had for you or the yeah, money? And yeah. Just spoke about everything, it, well, it the whole deal. It wasn't so much money. It was just more that he, he, was, he was just so dead pat. It was like, you know, trying to... Yeah. Solicit, out of a stone. Yeah, yeah, it was it was terrible, uh, and he d- what he didn't do. I knew the club was great, but he didn't sell, sell himself to yeah. me. Mm. You know, I I couldn't see myself getting motivated mm. by by him, mm. and you need a bit of motivation from the, the yeah, people yeah, yeah. that are you know yeah. in charge, don't you? But particularly if he's going to sign you. Well, exactly. So. Uh, that was that was a no no. And when I came back, Dave just said to me, "Great, not not a problem." But straight back in, you know, I was I wasn't ostracised and you know yeah. stuck in the reserves. Yeah. I was still training with the first team, so it was. You'll be at Newcastle next week. See what you can do. Yeah, yeah. That was Arthur yeah. Cox, and he was uh, he was totally the opposite to Ron Saunders. He was an absolute nutcase. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't fancy that, and I went down to Chelsea. And I didn't fancy the manager's manager there. That was Jeff Hurst, and and I just didn't fancy him at all. He he didn't sell the the club to me, at, you know, in any shape or form. These are big clubs as well. Aren't yeah. They? How did it make you feel to be being sort of not shipped around, but being given these opportunities, and it sort of becoming clear that actually United weren't that worried about keeping you? Yeah, and I think that's, like I say, I think I took the hint that, you know, yeah. at, the, at the end it, it got in, you know, I thought, listen, I'm, if I need to, to play, which I did, to, mm-hmm. to better myself as a player mm. and be playing it week in, week out, I needed to move because I wasn't going to be, be doing that here. And they signed upsetting? Joe Jordan as well. Was that upsetting or exciting to think, oh, it's it a was new challenge? It was upsetting yeah. because I, I wanted to be here well for you can't say for all your career but I wanted to be there you know for a lot longer Mm -hmm. um, than I I actually was so when he uh, when he did get rid of me they brought they'd already brought Joe Jordan in and they recouped the money that they'd set out on Joe which was 500 grand which was a lot of money then and they got that money back from Brighton when I signed for Brighton but I'd been there a year and just going back to you you you're mentioning the uh, the England uh, under twenty ones. Dave was manager at under twenty ones. Dave Sexton, and he picked me for the under twenty ones the year after. <laughs> so that, that played, you know, mind games with me again. I'm thinking, well, if he didn't think I was good enough, good enough for, for it, United, yeah. why has yeah. he picked me for for England? But baffling. You've never yeah. had a conversation with him. No, no, I didn't get chance. No, no. So no. you went for five hundred thousand? Did you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, as you know, Helen, that, you know, was a lot of money then. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know what it'd equate to now, but... What year was that? That was 1980. 1980. Yeah, down to to Brighton. And the manager there um, just sold the place to me. It was was Alan Mullery. He was was so ebullient and, you know, we're going to do this. We're new into the, into the, uh, the first division as it was then. We've got some great players. We're going to, we're going places, you know, and it, and it, and it, it was that, that, that sold it to me, mm-hmm. even though it was such a long way away from home, mm-hmm. which I'd 
obviously been at home all the way through yeah. my career up to then, uh, which was a great thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moving made me a man, if yeah. you like. Yeah. It, it, I had to... Cook. Get ahead in the in the big world on me. Own. Had to cook. Yeah, clean. You've got to do it for yourself. And yeah, it, yeah, you did. And I suppose maybe unfortunate from your perspective is after you've left, then Ron Atkinson a year later has come in, and with that change in management, I guess there's a whole new host of opportunities. Do you think maybe if you had stayed, that a year later you might have suddenly been part of the team again? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, Dave, Dave actually, I think got the the sack the the season I left because mm-hmm. we were I think we were 10th around 10th or 11th when I left and we they finished 6th I think that season and Dave got relieved of his job I wasn't to know that I sure. wasn't to know that Ron Atkinson would come in either yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time we do MUTV and I see him in the green room he always says to me I want a soldier Ron Atkinson, <laughs> yeah, all right, you know, yeah, you don't have to, uh, you know, flim flam me. Um, Does he still say it? Like, but he's, that's him? what he says to me every single time. I want a soldier. <laughs> I want a soldier, Andy. But then when I look back at the the people that were coming up into the the first team, which was then, the, you know, like the Mark, uh, Mark Hughes, Sparky, Norman, Norman, people like that, mm. would I have been able to hold my position down? You know, with them two coming up. And I'm being a realist here. I'm not, you know, I, they were fantastic players and they were for a long time at Manchester United. So it was maybe Blessing probably disguise, written in the stars that yeah. I got away and, and made my own career away from here. But it was it was a big wrench. What was your favourite goal that you scored here? Ooh. Or for Manchester United, not necessarily. Probably his third goal against Leeds. <laughs> no, he doesn't remember. I can't remember. Second of me, my hat trick against Tottenham was at the Stretford end there, and it was um, a left foot half volley. Mm. That was my, my most favourite goal mm-hmm. because predominantly right footed, and to just strike it, it like that it was sweet, and it just went soared into the goal. I have visions of your one of your goals against Leeds was from the edge of the box with your left foot as well. I remember two of them. One was one was a right foot just inside the, the, the 18 yard. I'm looking it up. And then... We're going to find out what it is. Then the header was probably about... I was probably just around about the penalty spot. Yeah. But the third one, I just cannot remember the third one at all. I can remember who scored the when fourth one. you say one. you can't remember, have you never thought to look this up over the years? I know, yeah. No. Before you come on well, a podcast. Well, we'll do it right now. I'm doing it. I'm watching Tottenham. I mean, the, the Tottenham, the Tottenham hat trick's actually on YouTube, but the, the Leeds one isn't. Is it so, not? No. Task can find Task. anything on YouTube. It's not on. Have a look in Pathé News. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out about yeah. our third goal stitch, and we, you know we'll, we'll, we'll let me know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll let you know what happened. Whenever yeah. that happened when you scored the goal. Yeah. If we find it before we leave today, we'll let you relive it on the pitch. Yeah. We'll I'm just not hide going on so that Tony, the groundkeeper, doesn't see us. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> we have that power. No, but they're ex-players. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, were there any little um, highlights or perks about being 20 years old, being a local lad and playing for Manchester United? Or did people treat you weirdly or was it just great fun? Uh, not, not really, because I was, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, I was at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was still at my mum and dad's. I had all my, my mates from school. I'd... Mm-hmm. I, 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 did go out with with the lads that I was, you know, at, at, 
at United with, yeah. but not as much. I'd go out with my uh, my school friends. Mm -hmm. So um, it was you were more grounded then. I think there wasn't as much media coverage as mm -hmm. well. Uh, you yeah. know, it's it's plastered everywhere now, isn't mm -hmm. it? So um, I, I think it was the the best thing for me. I, I, you know, when you seen some of the boys that you were actually in the system with that were in digs mm -hmm. and how it was hard for them from b being away from home and trying to th find things to do in the afternoon when yeah. you'd finished training. You know, Funny we had them, that conversation them, yeah. with Gary Bailey. Well, and people used to like gamble, you know, the lads used to get into gambling over, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, which, you were probably you know, in a bit of a bubble then? I was, yeah, I was, which was, was lucky, lucky for me. Um, mm. And I, I think I, that stopped me from gambling, seeing the, the, the lads gambling. I've never mm -hmm. ever bet on a horse in my life and very rarely gambled on anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the warning I got because I knew how the lads had maybe, you know, wasted the, the, mm -hmm. the money at the, the mm -hmm. end of the week sort of thing. Um, and did there you, was quite a few, few of the lads that gambled, a few of the first team gambled. Mm -hmm. So Karate lessons with um, Gary Bailey? No, I didn't know. No. Um, That's what he did. I didn't know. He, 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 he probably wasn't uh, into it then. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. But he said about when he had a fight with um, Gordon McQueen in the dressing room. Well, realized. that must have been after I'd I'd gone. Yeah, I, I, think I it don't was remember that. After a few that. years, he was yeah. a few years after. Yeah. That would have been a, a, a good match. I think Gordon might have uh, <laughs> might have done it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, got two different but uh, if if he's got a bit of the Bruce Lee going on, you don't know, don't you? Do you? Well, well, yeah. How did you find the transition from moving north to south? Um, were the people different? Because I think every up north is a, is a lot friendlier. Yeah. For example, hotter. yeah, bet you find it hotter. Yeah, hotter. <laughs> yeah, nice. It was, yeah. it, sure it was different there. down yeah. south. Hotter. It was um, hotter. And, uh, listen, it, it, when you go to the football club, you're fine, aren't you? Yeah, because everybody, you know, who's down there? Stitch. Who's the players down there? Players. Um, Grealish, Steve, Steve Foster, Foster, yeah, yeah, Fuzzy, yeah, Tony Grealish again. God rest his soul. Tony lived behind me and we, we lived in Peacehaven. Tony, we had, I had some fun times with Tony. Absolute diamond geezer. Mark Lawrenson was there at the time. And Michael Robinson, yeah. that was, a, yeah, yeah. you know, from Man City and Preston. Decent yeah, players, I mean, huh? listen, we had, we had, on paper, we had a great team. But yeah. put us together, we were crap. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we, we were rubbish. We, we, we had one good season where I think we finished 10th, but the, the, the other three seasons I was there, we were, we were fighting relegation, relegation for most of the, most of the time. Uh, and we, we staved it off three times. And then funnily enough, the season that they went down, I left the club after the quarterfinal of the FA Cup and they actually got to the final and played United in 19, uh, what was it? 84. 84 is it? And they should have beaten them actually in the in the final right mm. at the end. Gordon Smith must score, yeah. And it was either a bad miss or oh, a good it was a save. save. It was a brilliant good save. save. Right. Good save. Yeah, me just being just a forward, I'd say it was a bad miss. But yeah. um, <laughs> but it was it was a transition that I needed to do. I mm -hmm. needed, like I said before, it made me worldly wise, and I had to fend for myself. There were again talking about things being done for you, you know, that wasn't the, the, what they did back then. You had to get on with it yourself. They'd, they'd say, oh, there's the estate agent and you'd go down yourself. Now they've got people that look after them, put them into the houses and do, you know, it, it wasn't as, as easy a transition. And 
They didn't do gravy either in the in the chip shops. They had every every no, fish. Why, why every would you have fish what? you wanted? But this they didn't do gravy or mushy you, peas. Why would you expect gravy in a chip shop? Does it make any because sense? You expect gravy. You, you expect curry sauce. You yeah. expect mm. peas, mushy peas. You obviously get mushy peas. I don't know what you. They should have had mushy peas. That's I, asked, I went in and asked for a, a, a steak pudding, and they went. What's one of them? Yeah, I'm also confused by that. And the beer what? never used to have a head on it. Oh, it was you you tough times up? for you down tough there. Tough times, you know. First one, one problems down in Brighton. I sincerely hope you're winding me up. What about? A steak pudding. But I don't, know steak I don't pudding eat any meat, as you well know. Uh, yeah, I assume it's a pie or something, but I don't eat meat, so I don't know. You don't uh, know what a steak pudding is? A steak and kidney pudding. <sighs> a steak pie. No, 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 a pie. no, a pudding, suet, oh, no. suet, suet pudding. Why are you putting meat in a suet we pudding? We don't have those in Northern like Ireland. Peach or apple or something in it. It'll be delicious. Have it some custard. You've not. You listen. You've not. Helen. You've not had what? a taste sensation, Helen. You've got. You've never a, had it. Why has this turned to me? Yeah, but even so, I'm vegan. They don't expect anything of me. No. <laughs> have you never had a rag pudding either? A rag yeah. pudding. Northern Ireland. Rag pudding. Do this. I mean, you say rag. It's absolutely with gravy. Oh, sorry. Rag. I think this converse from this conversation, it's fair to say you were glad to leave the south and come absolutely. back. Absolutely. <laughs> Just for the no, peas I and gravy. Oh, I'd have been to leave. I will say no. though. No, to be fair, I wasn't. I wasn't glad to leave. <laughs> it, it was a fantastic it. place, Brighton. It was brilliant. Mm. It was. It was a. It was a den of iniquity. It was like the facade of it. Beautiful, beautiful place. But there was places like the pubs used to shut at 12 till two. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't get a drink in between there. So they'd, they'd have little, uh, you know, like gentlemen's clubs and pe- things like that where you, you, you have to be a member to go and get a, get a drink and you could go and have a drink in between one and two and then you could go back to the pub. <laughs> it, was, it was a brilliant time. And, uh, you know, in a different era, we did quite like a little scoop every now and again, <laughs> didn't we, when we, we were playing. I will say gravy on chips is nice. But I'll clear that up. You don't, I don't expect to see it in a chip shop. It's definitely worth it. I am absolutely gobsmacked. You don't even know what I'd put in this thing. No. Holland, you know, Holland's, Holland's pie, pudding, yeah. like that. steak pie. No, that's a pie. That's pastry. Helen. Oh, I don't know. Is whenever, that's next, time you go, next, next time you go to the supermarket, find them and have them. They're amazing. When steak this pudding. lockdown gone and everything, we can do, we'll oh, take you out for steak right, pudding. Okay, and Sam, he can what? have the no, vegan can, one. No, he can have the vegan one. What is a rag pie pudding a rag pudding yeah. is more um where the the, the steak pudding and, and, and the suet one is is more like a, a it, it's more solid the rag pudding is it's like it's rolled rolled over like a swiss like roll a, of meat yeah sam yeah no we'll, we'll be getting rag puddings ah. everywhere yes anyone out there who wants to send in some rag puddings <laughs> please do and if you do a vegetarian one for sam that'd be vegan. great or yeah. a vegan one should we go yeah. back to football go back to yeah. leeds we're Trying to get on to so, Leeds. So you, so you eventually left Leeds. Uh, sorry, so you eventually left Brighton. Yeah, for Leeds. Yes. How did um, that come about? And why? Why? Well, yeah, why? I mean, um, a huge club. Yeah, there were at time, and what had happened was, I was being left out of this, the team down at Brighton. Jimmy Millier had got the 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 job. He was um, chief scout. Was given the job, and basically. I think he just thought, right, I'm going to make as much out of this as, as I can do. But I was getting told that I wasn't playing on a Saturday, on a Friday night when the evening Argus was phoning up and saying, what do you think about not playing tomorrow? And I said, well, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm, as far as I know, I am. The evening? The evening on a Friday evening, 
the, the, the Argus had phoned me up and say, well, you're not playing tomorrow. How do you, how do you feel about it? I said, well, I can't comment on it because I've, I've not been told yet. So that was happening, which I wasn't happy about. He didn't have the balls to yeah. tell me until the, like two hours before the game, but he told the, the press. So I was, I was getting a bit brassed off yeah, with that. Yeah. Uh, so we trained one morning and I think it was a Thursday. We'd played on the Tuesday night and I, I seemed to think we'd played at Liverpool or somewhere like that. And I, and I thought I'd had a good game. Mm-hmm. And we were training at Peacehaven Football Club, which was like a hop, skip and a jump from my house to, to the, the, the training ground. So Jim, Jimmy came up to me after the game. He said, I want to see you later on after training. So I said, right, OK. You're totally oblivious of... Yeah, of what I, I, I thought it he was going to say, you're not playing at the weekend. Yeah, That's, that's what I felt, that he was going to have a chat with me for once. So I said, right, okay. I said, I'll, I'll get a shower and I'll come in and see you because we had, you know, the, obviously in the changing rooms. He said, no, no, back at the ground. I said, so that brassed me off as well because that was another half an hour back into Brighton. So I'm thinking, well, why, just, why can't you just have a word with yeah. me here? So anyway, gets to the, the ground. He pulls me into his office. He said, uh, I've got um, Eddie Gray on the phone for you. That was his first words. It was like, what? He said, do you want to speak to him? I said, um, yeah, go on then. So I, I took the phone and he, he went out of the room. And the first thing I knew about the the, the move or intended move was that. He, ne- he never even brought me in and said, I've, I've had interest. He just had him on the phone at that time. So, I, right, okay. So I had a word with Eddie and he, he, he just... I, I wanted out really because of what he was he was yeah. doing, and I, I I had no respect for him because of what he was doing to me. Not only me, but he was doing it to other players mm-hmm. as well. So I said to him, "Yeah, I'll come. I'll come up." I'll, so I flew up and and had a chat with him. And again, he just sold the club. I knew just said they were a massive club. Well, yeah. they still are, and they had some good mixture of you know old heads and some young players, John Sheridan, people like that, Tommy Wright, who've spoke to you about. Peter Lorimer, God rest his soul. People like that that were really good good players. Kenny Burns uh, was there at the time. One of the most frightening people I've ever played against and with. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I went up and, and I came back down and I knew I was in a good bargaining position. I had quite a, about a, a year and a half on my contract. And I just said to him, well, yeah, I'll go. I said, but I want paying up. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, okay. And that was that. And I moved up to Leeds. It was a good chance for me to get back up north, um, be near my parents and my family. And like I say, it was it was a it was a, a really good good football club, you know. And, um, You've not spent a penny. And since. Eddie was still playing. He was you're player st- manager. You've still got all your money as well, probably. Yeah, and got some till. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds and Brighton, as you just mentioned, opposite ends of the country, but they have got something in common in that they are both single clubs in their cities. Does that? Is that something you notice as a player that there is no natural rival right next to you? Like I suppose when you're out in the community, that is the only team that everybody cares about. Yeah, I think so. I think especially in Brighton, everybody knew who you were, you know, and you used to get into places like if, you know the nightclubs just used to let you the, the lads in, mm-hmm. you know, and and you, you'd be like get yeah, a couple paid. of drinks free yeah. and, and what have you. Uh, I mean, our closest rival was Crystal Palace. Yeah. So that was the big, uh, you know, derby game. <laughs> and then the next one probably to that was Spurs. So 
but Crystal Palace game, he couldn't move. Oh, yeah, he couldn't when when Spurs were there as well. Do you know why that's a derby? Just the nearest, just the nearest team. Because it's not close at all, is it? No. It was just classed as a derby. Yeah. There's, there's, even now, it's like there's a hatred between them, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Just, there's a real rivalry between them. But I don't know what it is. Yeah, is it I, just I really Brian... don't know where it where it came, came from. from now. I don't know there is no one to Brighton, is there? I, mean, so I, I guess it's Alan Mullery. You know, Mullery's so. uh, connection with with Spurs, whether it sort of that brewed it or bubbled up from that, I don't know. But but Palace was the was the big one. I think Portsmouth is probably. Well, Ports was quite a way away, actually. Yeah, yeah it, you know, down that coast, probably about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, it's hours. probably close to London, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, weird. And then and then, what, when you're at Leeds, is the same sort of thing. Everybody's really excited because you're a Leeds player in Leeds. And again, obviously they have a huge rivalry with United, yeah. but that's not, for example, that's not United's local rivalry, is it? No. Uh, that was the, That's the Lancashire-Yorkshire yeah. thing. But I was really lucky as well. I think I had sort of four years away from Man United. Mm-hmm before I went to Leeds, mm. the rivalry back then w- was intense, mm-hmm. but it never was as intense until they got into the Premier League. I mm-hmm. think then it really ramped up, as you know, uh, the the games here and it really sort of, the rivalry really took off then. Mm. And I was, luckily, I, I managed to score on my home debut, which always endears you to the fans mm-hmm. a little bit. I was top scorer in my first season and it it embedded me in, and the, they were great with me, the Leeds fans. I, I, you know, and they still are. They're, they're still great with me. I don't get any stick about being a United player, and and luckily, I don't really yeah, get right. much from the United fans about being a, a Leeds player either. Why do you think that is? That's quite unusual. I isn't know. It? I don't know. I, I've been lucky, mm. I think, Helen, because most of the, the maybe players because would. it was because it's outside the Premier that, that League. That time away, yeah, yeah maybe. Just and like, well, it, and it, it maybe disassociated me from one and, and another. Mm. And you didn't cross from club to club, did you? Yeah. You, went and, you went to Brighton for a few years, so yeah. maybe that? Yeah, I, they were great years down at Brighton. I, you know, I wouldn't change it for the for the world. It was a great place to, to live. And the players that were down there at the time, we we had a great social life, you know. It was absolutely brilliant. We had, well, it, football got in the way of the social life, really. Um, and then we everybody played golf. Virtually every single player in the squad played golf. So amazing. we played a lot amazing. of golf. Amazing wasn't there, what? Hey. Yeah. And and the club used to pay for us to go go and play. They, they'd, they'd say, right, where are you, where are you going? So the captain would say, Fozzie would say, we're playing at, uh, say, Haywards Heath on Wednesday, right, we'll, we'll sort it out for you, how many's playing? And they used to pay for the, for all the lads to go and play at all different golf courses around the area. It was, it was brilliant. That's class. Yeah, it was superb. That's so good. And then, so Leeds. Four years at Leeds, four seasons? Yeah, j- just nearly, yeah. Um, did you enjoy Leeds? I did. All, all four years? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, I had a, t- a, 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 a time out of the team, which uh, was, uh, it was strange because Eddie Gray still being the manager. Well, Eddie Gray told me that you know that I wasn't playing, but I'd sort of got the gist that I wasn't playing because Jimmy Lumsden, who was his assistant, just stopped talking to me for about I don't know how long I was out of the side. Maybe a couple of couple of months. Maybe I just wasn't getting in. I was sub, and you know, and that was that. But he wasn't talking to me, and I got on great with Jimmy. You know, we had a really good relationship, and 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 I did with uh, with um, with Eddie as well. 
But I knew there was, there was something wrong or there was something in the air yeah. before he'd actually told me because Jimmy was, was just like shunning me a bit, you know, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with him? So where we'd have the banter, that sort of went. And I thought, there's something wrong here. Mm. And then probably about three, four days later, I got told that I wasn't going to be playing. And then the reverse happened when, and I knew that I was going to be playing at the weekend because he started talking to me again on the, like, you know, and we were having the banter again. I thought, <laughs> I'm playing at the weekend and I was. So it was, it was just, uh, it was strange. But then Eddie got the sack and um, Billy Bremner came in as manager. He, he was Doncaster's manager and he came in. He was great. He was a player's manager, if you like. Mm-hmm. And he used to kick the lumps out of you in training. We'd have, he, was you know, fi- he, he used to he used to play in in all the five sides, and he used to play like he used to play. You've seen him on the on the football yeah. pitch. He was a nasty piece of work. When he, you know, kick kick his own grandma. Yeah. Well, he used to kick us, and and <laughs> once or twice there was a couple of injuries on a Friday morning where he'd he'd wade into somebody and they couldn't play at the weekend. <laughs> Explain that one in your press conference. Yeah. yeah, is that a famous phrase? He would kick his grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, heard that before. Not heard that. Yeah, no. sorry. Enjoyed that one. Still, you still learning care for these two. Steps. <laughs> not heard that. Oh, it's not yeah. had a rag pudding. No, you he lived. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was only born in 1987, which coincides <laughs> so right. with the year that you now. moved to Oldham. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. How did you move to Oldham come about then? From that. Um, I was I'd, I'd gone on to what they called a, a week-to-week contract at Leeds because I'd, I'd had a uh, we had a disagreement about my a contract. He wanted to sign me on when when Billy took over. I was in contractual talks with the football club. Mm-hmm. So when he came in, um, he said, "Listen, I know you you you're talking about new terms and what have you." He said, "Just give me a month to assess you myself." He said, and then we'll, you know, we'll talk again. And I, I said, yeah, fine. You might not fancy me as a player. Yeah. I'm, you know. Anyway, he came back to me, said, Bob, on, let's let's crack on. Let's get the the new contract sorted, which we did. And then there was a, a, a snag in the uh, in the actual uh, terms, which we just couldn't get a, 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 a unison and, a, and an agreement with. What was it? So I signed on a week to week contract, which meant what was the agreement that you couldn't agree to? Golf. It was oh, they. They the golf. Uh, something golf related. <laughs> yeah. No, they they ag- agreed a, a loyalty bonus in my, in my contract. Yeah, but they they wouldn't ag- agree to sign in the agreement. So I had no real comeback if if they didn't if they turn around and said, "Oh, we're not paying it here." Even though it was in the contract, it was like a, a, a side agreement, agreement sort yeah. of thing, and we we just couldn't get over that so I said well I'm not signing there I've got no agreement to actually say that that is is what I'm going to be paid so um, are you talking like how much are you talking here Stitch big bucks are I think it was a loyalty bonus about 10 grand and they wouldn't just they just so wouldn't sign would that 10 grand then been like a signing on fee sort of thing yes it's, yeah so, they, they, but so they said it was a loyalty years, yeah and you get 3,300 yeah, a year yeah exactly yeah and um, they wouldn't agree to that and they wouldn't they wouldn't agree to signing it that I, to say that I would definitely get it so uh, I said well I, I need it I need yeah. that to, you know because you could just say no sorry you're not getting it mm. and I, what have I, I'm not no leg to stand on yeah so like I say, I signed a, a week-to-week deal, which basically meant I could give the club a week's notice if I wanted to leave. And if they wanted to 
stop paying me, they could give me a week's notice. That and had to be a very unusual arrangement. Yeah. And it was for a long time. It was virtually, a, 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 I had a, virtually a season doing that. Really? But I was in the team and I was playing and he'd bought, I was playing at, um, at, on the right-hand side. I wasn't Would you playing actually sign them. a contract at the beginning every week? No. Or was it just No, a, it just rolled it just, over. It was like a rollover thing. And, and it, it, we knew, both sides knew what it meant if you like. So, but I was still, if, if, if I hadn't have been playing Helen, it would have been, it would have been really, you know, hard to, mm. to deal with, but I was, and he'd bought, Billy brought like three or four players to play in my position. And I just, my, I managed to stay in the mm. team and, you know, I, I, they didn't, they didn't play. So I was, I was okay. But at the end of one season, I, me and my wife sat down, Sharon, and we just said, look, this is not, we've got no security. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was... What year is Stitch? Uh, what was it? I'd have been 27. Right. 20, yeah, 27, 27. So it's important years. I so yeah. you're coming up to your prime and, and yeah. what, what you think is your prime. And so I, I, I decided to write letters to every single football club. Division one, right down to what well, it was division four then as yeah, well. Yeah. So I wrote a letter, CV, and shot it out to every single football club 92 clubs. and waited for the oh, for the reactions to you did know. you write a personalized one to every club or personalized what? one wow. well, it was it was basically the same one because you've got your your cv of what you've done yeah. you know and where you've been and your goals and stuff like that's, that you did all that yourself so i did that well, it's only a letter as well shut them all set, set them all off yeah no but most people have agents no agents then there was, well sharon licked all the stamps there was no him. agents <laughs> Listen, I've Did just I, said I'm on Pathé News. There was no agents in, in that, those times. Get in the real world, you. <laughs> so how many responses no, did you get? Back then, there must have been some people that had agents. I'm sure that we've no, had... No, there were... This is no, mid-80s. There probably was one or two, Helen, because I, I, somebody did phone me up about going over to France after I'd, I'd set money. I, I had a lot of uh, replies, not 92. Well, you'd think every lower league club was straight in with an offer. Oh, not everyone, no. Well, no. The sen- I suppose the sensible ones would have realised it was a waste of time. How, how many replied? Who replied? There was, was it the gas reply? Like- Chairman? There was ro- lots replied in, in, uh, with letters. And, you know, some said, oh, we've, we've got a full quota, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. What, surely I- that was something that Leeds could have, or the clubs could have sorted out for you? No. I know they didn't feel like I didn't, they owed you I, anything. You know what, I didn't tell them. I, I didn't tell them, Helen. I, I just did it myself. I just thought, right, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to take oh, this God. bull by the horns and and sort of do this myself. Um, but oh. the... And, uh, sorry, I interrupted I don't think he was an agent. He was, he was from the PFA. He said, would you be interested in going and speaking to um, Brest in France? I said, yeah, yeah, go and have a, have a, a bit of that. Lovely place. And um, very interested in uh, in Brest, so uh, I um, I said yes. Uh, Clive Allen had been there, so I, sp- I, I was the same age as Clive, Clive Allen. We played in the England youth team together. Spoke to him. He said, "Yeah, great club, fantastic. You know, they look after you." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I was going. I probably a couple of days off it, and Joe Royal phoned me up. Uh, from obviously the letter that I, I said, listen, I'm going over to France on Thursday. He said, mm-hmm. come, come to us first. Just let me, let me speak to you before you go there. So I said, right. Okay. So that sort of got me 
really revved up and yeah. interested. So over to, to Oldham and probably within 10 minutes, I thought, I want to sign. I want to sign for you. I want to sign for you, Joey. He was brilliant. Mm. And he is definitely the best manager I've ever played under um, in terms of his man management, what he did with the, the team. He wasn't the best coach in the world. It was Willie Donachie that yeah. was his coach that did all the coaching. I, th- I think probably a little bit like Sir Alex here. He he wasn't that that coach out. He was the he was the manager and he was the, he the, the decisions. Yeah. yeah, but he'd sold me on the Oldham within ten minutes, and then within two hours, I knew everybody at the football club because it was that type of yeah. family run club. Yeah. You know, you knew the the laundry ladies, you knew the people in the offices, you knew everybody, uh, and it was it was yeah. I, France just sort of was over the water, and that was Did it. Did they not go back to you and talk to him, Brad? I, I spoke to the 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 fella from the PFA, and I just said, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign for Oldham." Right. It was that. How many, was other, that how many other clubs then actually wrote back? I, in? I, I, I don't know. I, quite a lot, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have known. Thirty, thirty five, something like that, maybe. What would have happened? Which, which, what would have happened then? Had you signed for Oldham, and then he's come knocking at the door again? I don't think that was going to happen. You never know. Nah, nah. I think it was uh, oh, the boat then. had sailed, hadn't it? Right. Um, and I, I just wanted again. I just wanted somebody that was going to treat me like a, a person and not a piece of meat or mm-hmm. a footballer. And I, I could feel in Joe that there's going to be the case, you know. And he did every time you weren't going to be playing, he'd have you in. And he'd explain what mm. you, you know, why you weren't playing and, and, and things like that. And I took that into my managerial career mm. that I thought I, I would always tell somebody why and give them a reason. Yeah. Because I just, I had a lifetime of going into the, the first team changing room and the team would be up on the, the board and you're not in it. and you Mental torture. You know, you yeah. walk out mm-hmm. with your tail between yeah. your legs. So you, know. so you went on to spend eight fantastic years there and it was some of the most successful oh. years that ever had at Oldham. Yeah, it was, it was just a great time to be there. We had some great players. Joe and Willie put us together. There was quite a lot of players and I probably would say I was one as well, is that probably not fulfilled the potential, you know, the likes of um, myself, Richard Jobson came in. And, you mean uh, elsewhere? And people like, yeah, it, yeah. And he, he brought people in. We just gelled mm. on and off the pitch. You know, they, they talk about team spirit. We had it in, in abundance mm-hmm. and we, we were just so good together mm-hmm. uh, and we would run, literally run through that brick wall for each other. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask you, Stitch, about what were your thoughts then towards Leeds? Did you have anything against Leeds because they hadn't signed out a contract? Or no, I, just... I don't think he, I, you know, you can't have regrets. No, no, I know. Um, but... And, you know, people have said that, do you regret leaving here? And yeah, you, d- you, you didn't want to leave here, but yeah. you can't regret it. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Just because you was on a week to week with them, you know. No, I, just... no, I, no, I was fine. I was fine with that. This is I, what you needed. Yeah. Security. You and... just wanted that security, yeah. Uh, and it didn't affect because me. You did become an didn't affect my game either. You know, no. like it, 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 that was just in the background. It, yeah. I was still, I still wanted to be the best player on mm-hmm. that football pitch. Every time I went on there, I wanted people to be saying he he was fantastic today. Mm-hmm. But that was just self pride. That's that was just what I I wanted to be the best player on the yeah. pitch. Do you remember? Well, I was going to yeah yeah yeah. I was going to say 
you mentioned who's there for eight years and the players you played with and the teams you played with, but you become an absolute legend there mm-hmm. in Is your there own. A statue there of you? I doubt there'll be a statue. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say a statue? Is there a statue? Is there like a statue? I don't, I don't think so. Unless they've, <laughs> unless they've put one up with, and without oh, telling me. I'm not seeing be. that. Because I've been watching all of them now and they still sing your name and it's brilliant. No, no I was I asking, it. is there a statue? It was a question. I know it was. Yeah. No, Ren. No. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, gaffer spent, the gaffer spent 26 years here and he got one. Well, this is a different football club. No, I know, but... You know, I'm asking about a statue of an Old Trafford. There, I'm asking at Oldham. Because no. you are an Oldham legend. I was he, asking he you if you remember... Yeah. Oh, I remember him, yeah. Watching yeah. him play. play. <laughs> I don't remember watching him. I played against him. Yeah. You remember playing against him thinking, you're not getting a statue, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have been, you were at Blackburn then, I'd have been at Blackburn then, a yeah. young whippersnapper biting at your heels. Yeah. What was your time like at Oldham then, as you oh, say? Uh, it, it, everybody calls it the pinch me ears, don't we? You know, because of the, the what we achieved, mm. you know, getting to the, the first division as it was when we when we got promotion and then three years in the premiership. Would no you, one would have would thought Would you join Oldham them, Stitch? When you joined Oldham, was that the year, maybe the year couple of years before uh, yeah, 87, the plastic I, I joined Oldham. did you start on the plastic there the plastic you know what I, th- I think I no I had, a, a, I had a year a, about a year on the grass and then it was then it was yeah. plastic because you was probably first or second team to have that yeah there was, was I it, think was Luton, Preston, Preston Preston had one yeah Luton Town had one at the time QPR ourselves and QPR yeah and I'd played at QPR for Leeds so so they were one of the first QPR to get it yeah um, did you like it well, that, ours, that, was, that, ours that, was totally different. Yeah. Ours had a shock pad underneath it. And of, of the, the ones at that time was the best mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it was. Um, because it, it, the other ones were like playing on concrete. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awful. I don't know whether it did my body any good. I don't mm-hmm. particularly think it, it did. Because although it had a shock pad, it, it didn't dissipate the, the, you know, the impacts as, mm-hmm. as grass would. Mm-hmm. So when I first signed... We used to obviously train on the plastic if we were playing at home that week. The week after, if we were playing away, we'd train on, on grass. So getting your body adjusted to those two surfaces was very difficult at, at initially. Mm-hmm. And I used to get a lot of like muscle mm-hmm. aches in your, in your groins and calves and stuff like that. Once you acclimatised to it, you were all right. And I've got to say, yeah, I enjoyed it. I scored my most amount of goals on it. Can you remember we how many? Had so many. I, I think I scored 105, 125, something like that. Correct. Yeah, 105. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say correct like you'd researched yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, so he's had the out. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. 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 that's amazing. But as you said, some great players. Shez was oh, in there. Shez, yeah. Um, uh, Nicky Henry. Well, no, Shez, Shez actually... Because you was with the Malides, I, I signed Shez as manager. Shez wasn't playing for us at the time. In, in fact, Shez gave the penalty away on the final day when we, when we got promotion, when we beat Sheffield Wednesday. Shez gave the penalty away that actually was the third up. goal for us to beat them 3-2. But no, likes of uh, Rick Holden, uh, Mike Milligan, Roger had a great Palmer. And uh, Marshy as well. Yeah. Ian Marshall, Frank Bourne, people like that. It it was a a really good team. It was a horrible, it was a, Oldham was it? I mean, 
I know it's not the highest club in the world in in, in England because it's West Brom in it. Yeah. But wintry days and it was horrible. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible place to yeah, play. Yeah. The uh, Joe used to call it Ice Station Zebra. Yeah, and it is—it's the second highest yeah. uh, ground in the in the country after, mm. after West Brom, like you say. But with the um, success we had, they then put a, a stand up over the uh, the, the Chaddy Road—not mm-hmm. uh, Chaddy Road end, the uh, Rochdale, Rochdale no Road Chaddy end. Road end—and then the wind didn't sort of blow right down. Mm. But on the on the plastic, if it was a windy day, we had to have uh, sand at the the corner flags. To actually put the ball on because it'd just roll roll away yeah. down the round, down the pitch, so you had to put a little bit of sand there, keep the ball there, so you could actually knock the ball in. Free kicks the same and stuff like that. It was, you know, you'd, you'd be holding the ball. Brilliant. So it was it was a, it was an experience. I was just going to ask. Maisie mentioned the song they still sing about you. Just going to ask us if you could give us a little rendition. I don't know what the song is, but they still sing. So- one isn't it, isn't it the Andy Richie's Magic that one? Well, that, they, see now that's strange as well because they never used to sing that when I played. It was 107 goals, by the way, in your two stints. 107, oh, yeah, right. 107. Yeah, just close to 105. Yeah, no, it was. They used to what they used to sing when I was was, was he's got no hair, but we that's don't it. care. Andy, Andy Richie. That's what they used to sing. But now they sing. He's got a magic hat, and, and, and I, they never used to sing that when I was when I was playing. The Nick the Kino song, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So everybody everybody has magic. a version of yeah. that song now. I think. Yeah. Do you think playing at Oldham and under Joey Borrell made you want to be a coach, or did that happen by default? I, I wouldn't have said that I did until one of the, well, a couple of the players said we're thinking of doing our, our coaching badge at, uh, at the end of the season. Uh, do you fancy coming along? One of them was Frank Bunn uh, and a big mates with Bunny. So I'd never really thought about it. And I thought, oh, I'm getting to that sort of stage. I was getting 30, 31, whatever. And you're thinking, yeah, what what do I want to do? I'd got in, more interested in coaching through Willie Donerkey because he was very sort of ahead of his time in some of the stuff that he used mm-hmm. in his coaching. And I thought, yeah, maybe I should go and uh, let's do it. Let's have a, let's have a go at it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it and I passed it, my uh, prelim badge. And then I went to do my, my full badge the year, year after and, and I managed to, to pass that. Mm-hmm. And... I just thought, well, I've got that there. I can do a bit of coaching. And Billy Ermson, who was uh, the youth team coach, I went and seen him and said, can I, can I do a bit of coaching with the, the young lads? He said, not a problem. He said, any time you want, come and, you know, put sessions on for us. And I started doing that. And I, I, it really sort of sparked the, the flame, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that when, mm-hmm. I, when I finish. And luckily I managed to get into... Uh, into it after, you know, I sort of hung my, my boots up. Mm-hmm. Tell us a story. I love this story. You have to tell it now. <laughs> About your trip, end of the season, was it? Or pre-season? It was one of them. Isle of Man trip. With whom? What's with, the context? With Oldham, with... Um... I, I, there's no way I can tell that. Sorry. <laughs> you know I can't Come tell on, you I'll just that. tell a story for, for Just tell us a different story and pretend that no, that no, was no. the one you were always no, going to tell. Great story. Go on. We can we can chop it out. That was uh, it was in that was a it was in Sweden or Sweden, somewhere like sorry. that or, or Norway. Right. Hang on, are you a player or a coach? I'm player. Right at Oldham. Yes. Right. Um, and Phil Brown, who used to play 
uh, at Bolton and managed Bolton, uh, was big mates with Rick Holden. So Christmas do, we'd gone out and we've uh, we've crossed the border uh, into Yorkshire. So we'd gone to Rippenden because we thought the manager wouldn't know where we were if we were out of Lancashire. <laughs> so Phil's partner at that time, her dad owned a pub in Rippenden called The Fleece. So we, we thought, right, we'll go there. So as you do, you get absolutely, you know, smashed. We'd had a good, good time. We ended up in The Fleece and uh, a few of the lads um, slept in the pub on the bar stools or whatever or wherever they were. Rick being one of them. And he woke up in the morning and his hair was, his hair used to be down to, to here. He looked, you know, It'd be like Cavani, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Sort of thing. So what somebody had done who we didn't know, had, they cut it off just on one side above his ear. So he will remember this Phil Oakey out of the Human League, a group. He used to wear his hair, he looked right. like him. So, <laughs> so we were in training the next morning because the gaffer knew we'd been out. So it was in, run the, the beer out of you the next morning. So we're, we're jogging over the pitch and he comes jogging out, um, Rick, with his hair like this. And Joe goes, what the... F-? So he comes in after training and he says, whoever's done that to me, you're owed. And he, and he, he went right round the, the dressing room, pointing at it, you're owed, you're owed. If, it, if it's you, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And we're all... Well, I'm massive mates with Rick. So he pulls me after training and says, who was it? Who? And I genuinely didn't know because I'd gone home. Anyway, this went on for ages. Didn't know who it was. Nobody was telling who, who'd cut his hair. Anyway, he finally got it out of somebody. I don't know who it was, but it was Mike Milligan and Nick Henry had done it because they'd stayed over in the, in the pub. So he, he says to me, it's them two little... He said, I'm going to get them. They're, they're going to have it. I said, right, okay. So we went out on a pre-season tour. And luckily for Rick, on, on this tour, we were on the same floor in the hotel. So we all the players were in the, on the same floor. So we knew that we were all coming up to that second floor or whatever it was. And we had gone training. I'd been into his room the morning before. And as I walked, I went, Jesus, Rick, what's that smell? It, it smelled like he'd, excuse my friends, he'd just been on the loo. It was, oh. And he said, oh, it's this. And he had a silver trash can. And he'd been to the loo in it and peed in it for the two days that we'd been there. And it was like pig swill. And I went... What's it doing in the room? Why don't you put it on your on your balcony? Like, it stinks. Well, it's put it on the toilet first. Well, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, he went. I've got a, I've got a, a use for it. I went. What? He said them two are getting it. So I'm thinking, what's he doing? So we'd been training. We come back and we're in uh, different like mini buses. So I'd I'd come back on the first one. Luckily again for him, I don't know how he'd managed to to coddle this together. Millie and Nick were in the same bus, minibus, and he waited for them to come up in the lift. And when the door was going to open, he was just going to go like that and throw this oh, no. pig swill into the lift and splatter them with it. Oh, no. So he stood there. I, di- I wasn't there. I didn't watch this. I was away. I, but apparently when the doors opened, there was only Nick 
and Millie in the lift, but also uh, there was one, one other one other player was um, played for Everton, the Scotch centre forward. I can't remember. Graham, Graham Sharp. So Sharp is in the lift as well. So as the lift opens, he goes, throws it in. <laughs> They managed by some... I don't know how they managed to get out of it alive without being splattered by this thing. A, a bit went down Sharpie's arm, so Sharpie chased him all around the, the hotel, you know, until he got older and give him a few digs. But Millie and, uh, and Nick never got touched by it at all, but it was, it was in the lift. Oh. Well, Joe got to hear about it, Says so right, you, you're cleaning it up. Well, he was up and down the lift for about four hours. People, <laughs> <laughs> so he's in a lift, giving it all up, <laughs> and people are coming. Sorry, <laughs> people. Oh. He was he was in for about four hours doing oh. that. That's so, an incredible please backfire. Tell me that he cut the other side of his hair. Oh, he, he, he did. He did. Yes, yeah. your reaction to that story. What <laughs> he, did he do with his hair? How the guy spent four hours cleaning his feces out of a lift. Helen, he actually did. He 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 cut it so short that then he he, he looked like um, um, sledgehammer as well. You know, that, that, so we were calling him sledgehammer. Um, but he was he was a he was a weird one. But he was he was so fantastic, Rick, to be you know a part of. I mean, probably it might have been another trip that. We'd gone to Norway and it was trains, planes, automobiles. It was like a 24-hour trip. And we'd, we'd got to this, uh, this place and Joe had us all in, a, in and he said, all right, listen, we've got a game in two days. You're not drinking. It's banned. Nothing, you can't have a drink. So that's red rag to a bull at that mm -hmm. stage when we were, you know. So we'd been out training and we come back. It was a fantastic place. I can't remember the name of it. Lovely architecture and a lovely little village and we're sat outside there's a lovely uh, river down the, the side of it, it was baking hot so me uh, Lee Richardson John Hallworth and Rick we're sat outside at the cafe having a lovely cup of coffee so we'd had about three of them and we knew that Joe and the, and his uh, and Billy Urmson and, and, and what have you were walking around the town and Rick says Come on, let's have a beer. Mm -hmm. And we were going, no, we can't have one. And and the gaffer's walking round. He said, don't worry, don't worry, I've got it, got it. So next minute he comes out with what we thought was coffee. And it was it was lager in the in the coffee pot. So <laughs> he's gone, <laughs> filled our coffee cups up with the lager. So to all intents and purposes, we're Good we're having coffee. a nice cup of coffee. The gaffer and his and his crew come walking down the, the street over the other side of the street, like, hi, gaffer, you all right? Yeah, 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 fine. You know, so we're flaunting it in front of him. He thinks we're, we're drinking coffee. So we had about 10 pots of coffee. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, that night, I think Millie and, and Nick got caught. They, they went out and had a, a couple of pints. So next morning at training... Joe, before we started, pulled us all in together and he's going, can't trust you, can I? Can't bloody trust none of you. Two days, you can't go without a bleeding drink. You've got to have a drink. Millie, Nick Henry, you're fine a week's wages. Who else was with it? Yeah, you, you're fine a week's wages. He said, why can't you be like Stitch and them <laughs> lot and just stick to coffee? And we were like, 
<laughs> trying not to, and the boys knew what we'd done, and it was we, we oh. were trying, we were chinking at the back. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and all, all through the ingenuity of Rick Holden. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with experiences like those, how did you approach management? Uh, I approached management the way Joe was with us. Mm -hmm. he, he, was, he, was a, he was a friend, but you knew where the boundaries were. Yeah. He, would, he would talk to you, he'd have a laugh, he'd have a joke with you. He wasn't dictatorial at all. And like I say, he would he would tell you if you weren't playing or if you were playing. Mm -hmm. He'd have conversations with you. And I, I took a massive part of the way he was as a manager and how he affected me into the way I was a manager. And I used to let them know where the boundaries were, but we'd have a joke. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was manager at, at Barnsley, I had... Rick Holden as my physio and as my assistant and he was, he's just crackers so he, he took it you know with the players they they had a good joke with him and, and things that, that happened just bonded the, the players yeah. together and I took a hell of a lot of that with me to into my management style and I, and I hope that that players had a respect for me because I wanted to respect them Do you enjoy it? Yeah I, I mean yeah, I mean, I, I got a promotion as a manager and a promotion as a as a player. What else could you you know you you, you ask for? Never managed to to win a cup. Uh, got very close. Obviously, we played United twice in semi finals. Got beat by them both semi finals. Got to the final as a Littlewoods Cup with with Oldham. Got beat in the final. Got to a couple of semi-finals once with Leeds as well. Got beaten in that. So I was the bridesmaid in the FA Cup <laughs> final and. And then we, uh, you know, but but I, I, like I said before, never ever changed anything uh, because I've, I've met so many fantastic people and I would class that man there in, <laughs> as, as one of them as well. You had to say that. I know, but no, I would because, you know, even I've, I said to my, to my wife, I, I would have loved to have played with him. We'd have we'd have bit got on like a house on fire. We've got the same sense of humour, mm -hmm. and he's told me some of the things that he got up to in you know at Blackburn. We we got up to the same things. It was it was, it would be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> probably best for everybody that didn't happen. Probably, no. probably yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had some good times. We have. <laughs> we have. We have. We'll have many more as well. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will. So when did you finally decide that was enough? I think, you know, that the people say, you know, mm -hmm. you know, professionals know when they're, when you're not quite getting to the ball or mm -hmm. you, you've, you're not being able to maybe hold your own. And I, I definitely knew when I felt that way. Yeah. And I'd, I'd played, I played my last game, which I, I didn't want to, I, I was managing and I was manager coach at, at Oldham and we had a, a cup game one evening and we'd, we'd had a, a real bout of flu go through the, the, the club and there was five subs at that time and I had to be one of the subs. So that's how bad it was. We had three subs, a youth team centre-half, a substitute goalkeeper and myself. And it was, it was in, I think, the LDV Vans Trophy, mm. which was a long time ago. Biggest trophy in football. Yeah. And at that time they were playing what they called gold and silver goal. So if it went into uh, extra time, if you scored in the, the first half 
and you were still one up at half time, the game finished at that 15 and the, and the person that was one nil up won. Yeah. If you scored a goal in the second half to make it one nil, that was it. The game, the game finished and you'd yeah. won the tie. And I came on in the second half of that and I didn't want to go on. And I, mm-hmm. I said to Billy Hermson, who's my, my assistant, I said, I can't run Bill. I said, I, you know, yeah. I, he said, look, it might just hit you on the backside and go in. He said, we just need a goal. He said, just stand in the, between the 18 yard box and, you know, try not to have to run about. And after about seven minutes, they scored. So that was it. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just thought after that, I just... I thought he was going to give us a... Uh, no, no, I, yeah. no, it was, it was dead, really boring, yeah. Um, but I, I just thought, nah, I, I, can't, I can't do it anymore. So at the end of that season, I, uh, I, I hung my boots up. I, I, I stayed on as a... And I played in a couple of reserve games mm-hmm. and I found that good for seeing our, our youngsters firsthand. Mm-hmm. I know you could watch them as a manager and I used to go and watch the youth team and I used to watch the the, uh, the reserves, but just being with them and, and actually seeing them on the pitch and how they, they sort of thought mm-hmm. on the pitch, I think that helped me a lot to get to know my players. So I used to play a few games in the reserves if there was injuries, not, mm. I wouldn't say, right, well, he's not, because I'm stumping someone's, you know, growth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt, I felt it was good for me to do that. And I, and I trained for quite a while as well um, to keep fit. And that helped me to know my players where I got a different view of them while I was training with them. And Billy got a different view because he was watching them train as I did it, as time mm. went on. So, yeah, it was, it, 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 that helped me a lot, I think, mm-hmm. in, in my management, yeah. Well, we will let you go because we have kept you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just want to ask you, any regrets over your career before you go? Not a one, Helen, no. Like I say, I don't think you, you can. It You know, it just, everything that I, that I did and every move I made, was you'll be watching us <laughs> <laughs> no everything and every move and everything it was it was something that I had to do mm-hmm. and I think luckily that I would say overall it worked out you know everything worked mm-hmm. out and I've, I've I've met and worked with some fantastic people mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have uh, seen if I if I hadn't have uh, you know moved a, around I mean, listen I only had five clubs I mean th- that's mm. not a lot in a in a footballer's yeah. life especially not now it, yeah. you know and um, I'm just glad you didn't mention uh, Scarborough <laughs> can we end on that <laughs> I think you've got a final question though, Helen. <laughs> I think you can end on that <laughs> what happened to Scarborough nothing <laughs> in terms of your ex-teammates here Anybody you could recommend for our podcast? Oh God, I was trying to get all of them. I would have thought um, you, you've done like quite a lot of them, haven't mm. you? Mickey Thomas and people like that. You've done uh, you've done Sammy. You've done uh, you've done Lou. You've done Lou. Haven't done you? Lou yeah, yeah. Um, My goodness, you really were far, far down the list. Whenever we talk yeah, about lovely people, yeah. Stitch, we're really sorry. What about, about ex players? Jimmy uh, Greenough. Jimmy, I'm sure Jimmy would do it. Sure, he he was he's a Fantastic fella, Jim. Yeah, he is. Have you done Punch? Have you had? No. Stuart Pearson. No. I'm sure that they'd, they'd be Might all be. too willing to, to do it. There we go. Perfect. There's three. Yeah. Andy, thank you so much. A thank you. Pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Cheers, Stitch. Yeah, no problem, Maisie. <laughs>
Stitch is a lad. He's a natural storyteller, isn't he? He's great. Very, very good storyteller. I love his stories. Although, bizarrely, can't remember a crucial element of one of his best stories in the hat-trick he scored as an 18-year-old for United against Leeds. Can't remember one of the goals. Somebody must know that. Yeah, hopefully, when this goes out on MUTV and you can watch this podcast... On Friday. Yeah, on Friday, you'll be able to see that hat-trick and we'll have found the footage. But if you Google it, all I can find are quotes from him going, yeah, I scored a perfect hat-trick. I can't remember one of the goals. Imagine if it actually was only two goals. <laughs> but on well, the... It wasn't three. On Leeds United's website, yeah, it says... they could just be gone by Andy Ritchie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How bizarre. Oh, brilliant. Uh, also, good, uh, a good, some, good, uh, some good guest suggestions you gave us. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Stu Pearson. Jimmy Greenoff. Jimmy yeah. Greenoff would be great. Jimmy's... Mm-hmm. Of all, the, of all the older players associated with the club, Jimmy Greenoff is one of my favourites. He yeah. is such oh, well, a, We such need to have him on. A lovely, lovely fella. Mm. Lovely fella. And listening to Stitch there about when he used to play at United, he was also an, an awesome player as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get him on. I think yeah, that's a good idea. Should. I tell you who else would be a good guest, Jordi Cruyff. And I tell you why I say that, because obviously he would be a good guest, but also I saw him, Maisie, he was commenting on uh, your Instagram posts. Yes. So why don't you send him a little... I shall. Just slip into the old DMs. Okay. All right, should go do some emails. Yes. Fire away. Please do them less than 500 words. Okay. Some of them are quite long, Maisie. Enrico Duperon. Oh, yes. Hi, I would like to thank Wayne for all he did for United and England. He has not got the consideration he deserved. I deeply believe that if he only played as a number nine, he would have scored a bulk of goals. Great player, great man, same class as Brian Robson. Living in France, I only saw him in a goalless draw against Marseille. Each time I saw him playing for Man United made me remember why football was the most thrilling game. And that is from Ed in the southeast of France. I think Ed makes an absolute fantastic, fantastic point. Yeah. point there. Because I honestly think... Was a playing number nine would mm-hmm. have scored a hell of a mm. lot more goals. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Uh, Dyer says, "Bring on Chicharito, please." We're working That's on it. that one. Yeah, it's on its way. Dyer, it's in the uh, pipeline. Chichi Simp in Zambia says, "I absolutely love the podcast. I've listened to almost every episode, and while they're they've all been amazing, my favourite is the one with Patrice Evra." It's great to get some insight into players' lives, career, and many other things that we otherwise never knew. I love this game. Chichi Simp. Thank you very much oh, indeed. Nice. Very kind. Should we do one more? Because they've all been a bit short. It's a longer one though. Brace yourself, Maisie. This is from Dara Mallon, who says, Hi, Helen, Maisie, and Simon. Love the podcast. Listen to pods every day and work. And the United one is one of my favourites. I'd rather it was your favourite, if I'm honest, Dara, but that's okay. I'm a massive United fan from Ireland. I can't wait until there is some normality back in the world and I can get back to Old Trafford, see a game and do the tour again just to enjoy the feeling that you get at the Theatre of Dreams. My favourite podcast was Ben Thornley. I knew his name, but wasn't aware of the specifics. I'm 27, I've had three ACL operations and now decided to hang up the boots so I can relate slightly. I'll bite he was at the other end of the talent scale. I have two recommendations for the podcast. David Gill, think he would have some incredible insight to transfers and players we signed and also the ones we missed out on. The second is an Irish hero of mine and possibly the most versatile man to play the beautiful game. It's John O'Shea. Pretty sure he played every position except up front, including in goal. He scored a late winner at Anfield, incredible chip at Highbury, and who can forget not making Luis Figo. Fans slowly coming back to games, so hopefully see United in person before the end of the season. Glory, glory, man, United. Uh, Dara, thank you so much. John O'Shea is someone... When he's less busy, we will definitely get on the podcast. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll certainly try and get David Gill too. Very good options. Yeah, great mm-hmm. options. Um, guys, thank you very much for your messages. As always, we're doing our best to get through them. We've got lots of lovely ones. I uh, hope you are enjoying yourselves because the world is slowly returning back to normal, isn't it? 
little bit, little yeah. by little. Yeah, we're getting the sun there. is shining. That's all we need. Makes us feel better, doesn't it? So get in touch. It's May United at... No, it's not. It's United Podcast at mayunited.co.uk. Don't forget you can review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, depending on which platform you're on. We really appreciate those. And don't forget, every single Friday, new episodes of the podcast come out on MUTV so you can sit and watch them. Get a bit more detail that way too. Um, So thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. See you later, guys.